Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Beyond the Pink Cloud. This is your host, Dr. Alice Kirby. And with me today, I have a very exciting guest from Queensland, Australia, Brooke White. She is a naturopathic doctor. She is a natural fertility expert and a sexual health coach. She works with fertility and hormone health. She's also a kundalini yoga practitioner. And I'm very excited to have her here with us today. Welcome, Brooke. Yes, me too. So I'd love it if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself. I know you were starting to give me a little bit of background because I know you've been, had a little bit of a, a winding road, I guess, that's led you to the work that you do now. So I'd love to just hear a little bit about your own story and what's led you to, to being a, a sexual health coach, as well as the other hats that you wear and roles that you play. Yeah, many, many hats, but they all come together and that's how I've ended up here. I, I never set out to be a, a sex coach, right? <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't my life goal. But as I, it, it's just a natural progression from dealing with hormone concerns and fertility with couples. So I, I, I've worked all over the world and the, the, I guess the common thread with so many couples when trying to conceive is that it, it, that takes over their life and takes over their intimacy and they lose the intimacy, they lose the connection and sex becomes not just routine but very mechanical mm -hmm. and it's very damaging and harmful to their relationship. And obviously if you're trying to bring children into the world, you don't want to ruin your relationship. And so it became a natural progression to start working on intimacy with people. From there, I, because I do deal with hormones, I started to learn and study about the, the way that the brain works in conjunction with our, our sex drive and I started to learn so much more about the hormone system, the endocrine system, the neurotransmitters and the role they play in sex. And it just, as I said, it just progressively moved me on and led me to more and more to do with sex coaching and sexual health because, of course, they, they all intertwine. And, hormones, hormone imbalances and lifestyle imbalances can result in complications like endometriosis, which is phenomenal these days. About 80% of women at some point in time experience endometriosis. And that, that negatively impacts their sex life. It's very painful. Absolutely. Um, so Would you mind just explaining what endometriosis is for anyone who doesn't know? Yeah, yeah. So endometriosis is an imbalance within our body. I mean, everything, every condition is just an imbalance. But we end up with excess uterine lining that is within the uterus. So it can occur in other areas. Oftentimes um, it's within uh, the pelvic region, but it's, it's within uh, like around the ovaries, for example. And it attaches itself and it causes a lot of pain and discomfort. And can also cause spotting and bleeding in between menstrual cycles. So women are physically attractive when they're experiencing endometriosis, but it also makes intercourse as well. Not Thank for you. everyone, but for a lot. So do you find that you work primarily with couples around infertility or do you work also with you know, women or individuals who are just interested in, or couples even, who are interested really in deepening their connection to each other and then how sex is related to that or how their, their sexual relationship can be deepened through 
you know, a deeper emotional connection or spiritual connection? It's really, that's a really interesting question because obviously with fertility, I'm dealing with couples and I insist on, on treating both, both, cup, both partners, which is what enables me the great success rates that I have. But when it comes to the actual sex coaching, it's more individuals. And oftentimes women who are going through really big life changes, divorce or, you know, going into their 50s, things like that, menopause, yeah, big life changes which impact us mentally, emotionally, physically. So, yeah, it really changes. But interestingly, when I deal with the couples, more often than not, because we're dealing with fertility, it's the men who want assistance with the intimacy because they, the, the women are so focused on what we're created for, which is creating life, that they're not missing the lack of intimacy, whereas the man who doesn't have such a strong drive for that life creation starts to feel like he's j- just a, um, an accessory or a tool in the bedroom, to, mm-hmm. you know, to conceive with. So. So it's so often the men that actually come forward speaking and asking for help when I'm dealing with couples. That's so interesting. Yeah. And it makes, it makes sense. I could see that being really difficult for, for the ego and just for one's soul to, to be feel like, oh, I'm, I just, you just need my sperm or I'm this utilitarian piece of this equation and, and we've lost some of our intimacy or it's not the same as it was. Right. Uh, what, are, what are some ways that you, you recommend for people to, to, to start bringing some of that intimacy back in, even if it's, whether it's around fertility or maybe it's just a couple that isn't having sex as much as they once were, but they'd like to kind of come back to having more of that intimate connection. So funnily enough, Alice, it has nothing to do with sex. Yeah. <laughs> okay. so it's really what I start with is um, connecting with the self, mm. reconnecting with the self or connecting with the self. So many people have never had that connection. And particularly if there's been, you know, addiction or substance use or what have you, the, the connection's never been there. So it's connecting with self first, connecting with your soul and learning about your body and your intimacy first and then bringing the two together. And we do that through a whole variety of different tools. But I guess the easiest way to explain why we do that is if we look at what in our body creates that time and that intimacy, it comes from the brain. It's all just a biochemical process initially of hormones and, and neurotransmitters and endocrines. And that, there's two different parts of the brain that are involved. One is the limbic system, and that's your amygdala and your hypothalamus. And they're, yeah, they're more your fight and flight and your, your survival, your, your lizard brain, okay? And that's where the raw animal instinct comes from in sex. So that's the physical of sex, the, the physical and the mental component. But what's usually missing is the emotional and spiritual component. And so we, we delve into those and they're... They come more from the cerebral cortex and then the, the emotional and energetic bodies, of which we have 10. And so we tap into those and we tap into those and then we connect the physical and mental with the emotional and the spiritual. 
So part of it comes from, you know, it all starts with, um, it all starts here with our pineal gland, which is our master gland and, and its impact on our cascade of hormones and endocrines and what have you. So yeah, it's interesting. That was so interesting. I was curious when you started talking about the brain earlier, if there are actually any exercises we can do, like just to involve our brain and our hormonal system to help us with our, with our sexual health, whether that's, you know, with ourselves creating more, I don't know, sexual intimacy with ourselves, or if it's with the partner, if there's anything we can do. Yeah. That's not necessarily a physical act, but that's more about our brain. I'd love to hear about that. So we start with, with doing exercises again, just on your own for yourself to activate that part of the brain but then we bring the two together so yes there are definitely exercises that can be done and this is where both kundalini and tantric exercises come in where you you can you practice them together to connect to activate and connect your brains together when you're being intimate and again we start with without having actual sex as it's known you, you can orgasm without having sex. You don't need to. You don't even need to touch the nether regions to orgasm when you start to learn how to use that part of the brain. And that's why we call it a full body orgasm. Mm, I love that. Definitely. Mm. definitely. So yeah, there's definitely. And I, I get so I get up every morning, for example, at four a.m. and do a two-hour morning, wow. uh, what's called sadhana, which is a yogic ritual. But the reason I do it at that particular hour is because that's when the pineal gland is most active. Hmm. Is that related to the, the Chinese medical clock as well? I have a history of Chinese medicine, and I know there's like different organ systems at each time, but I don't remember so, what 4 a.m. is. Yeah, it is. It is, but that's – so it's also – it's a little different in that our with the Chinese clock, your organs stay – active at those times regardless of what's happening you know with our seasons and what have you whereas the the limbic system and the pineal glands is in relation to the the light and the amount of sun so as we're in winter right now which is why i'm i'm getting up at 4 a.m but come the summertime it will be a little bit later in the day that i get up because it's really just before the light Mm, just Mm. before the light is where the pineal gland is most active yeah oh that's great to know I like you know, to, I've I just like, had a thought. I sure. don't know how it impacts people in Alaska, let's say, where they have, you know, all, all yeah. day or all night. It's got to have an impact on their sexual health. I'd never even thought about. There's a study to be done. Yes, there is. That could be yeah. you could go to Alaska and just do a whole bunch of neat workshops up there. I'm curious too about the 10 emotional bodies you mentioned. What, could, could you speak more to that? What are the 10 emotional bodies? 10, ten energetic bodies. Energetic bodies. Yeah. Yeah. So again, it's, it's part of yogic philosophy, but we have 10 energy bodies. And look, the thing I'm always saying to people is we're not just a physical being. Yeah. yeah? And we have to acknowledge that. And each emotional body has a, an attachment to a specific action or component within our physical body so if for example if we don't have balance in our mental emotional body then we're not going to have balance in our our thoughts and our our mental processes and our and our actions and response it doesn't matter how much we try and with the tools to, to say someone who reacts very quickly 
and is known to be angry quite often and difficult tool to try and reduce the reactivity. But once they actually balance the emotional body, they don't even need the tools. Mm. It's that reactivity. So it goes well beyond, I guess, the in our physical world, counselling and psychology deal with thought processes and the mental the mental mind, but one step because we're not just physical bodies. No, absolutely, we're not. We're so much more. And I love that you work with with hormones as well because it's. It's just such an important part of everything that happens in our bodies and in our lives. And so I think to, to look at things without integrating the hormonal activity, it's we're missing a huge piece of the puzzle. Oh, massively, massively. It's, we, we live unconsciously, you know, with that, without the awareness of how much that's impacting our body. And, you know, in the modern world, we rely so heavily on testing. And so often I get people coming in saying, oh, but all my tests say there's, everything's fine. But we are such a fine-tuned instrument that the minutest imbalance, or like I say, an imbalance in, a, in an energetic body rather than the physical, is all it takes for things not to be fine. And we can't test for those things. So it's no. all about balance. Yeah, balance. And I like the term pacing too. I think about pacing a lot because sometimes balance feels like a lot to manage. We're yeah. trying, to, trying to juggle different things, but I think that could just be my own. The, my way of looking at balance. And I'm curious too, I had initially, when we first met, I was reaching out and trying to find someone to speak on sober sex and this idea both of like dating and beginning to have a sexual relationship when you go from being a, a heavy drinker or a problem drinker to now abstaining from alcohol, but then trying to you know, come back into being a sexual being either with a, with a partner or or with yourself. And I've, I've had this come up from a lot of the women in my community who say just, you know, my sex drive isn't the same, or I was so sexy all the time when I was drinking, but now it just, I feel awkward or I feel embarrassed or, you know, it's just different. I don't know how to like get comfortable with it again. So I'd love if you could speak to that. I know you have some, some personal experience as well as I think in the work you do with, you know, I have a few questions around it, but I, I guess just what are some ways to make having sex as a newly sober person a little bit, I don't know, more easy or more gentle or more connected. Like when you, because all of a sudden all your senses and your emotions and your feelings are back online when you stop drinking, Yeah. whereas you've probably been numbing out for a little while. And so how do we take care of ourselves, I guess, and and come back to a place of physical and, and spiritual enjoyment through a sexual practice? I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to something you said there, which was that, that people will say that they were so sexy before and now they're not. Uh-huh. I think there's a massive misconception there where they thought they were sexy. Yes, <laughs> their yeah. Their and their reality were a bit skewed. But I totally understand what they're experiencing and it is really overwhelming and daunting and all the fears come to the forefront. So I mentioned before that there's two main parts of the brain involved the limbic system and the cerebral cortex. When we're under the influence of substance abuse, whether it be alcohol or or drugs, doesn't matter, even medicated drugs, we're really functioning from that that limbic system only. Yeah, the cortex has been numbed 
shut out. So sex is purely physical and a little bit mental. That's it. There is no emotional or spiritual connection to it. So a lot of people have never even learnt to actually have that connection with sex in the first place. It's not about going back there and get, they've never actually really had it. When we remove the substance, then suddenly the, the cerebral cortex becomes very active. And that's really frightening for them because suddenly there's all these emotions and memories attached. And some of these memories might be, might not even be theirs. They could be genetically passed on. They could be from past lives. You know, we don't, we don't know. But there's memories attached and there's emotions attached to this activity that didn't have that before. It was very easy to be sexy when there was no depth and no emotion to it. So it's learning how to accept, firstly, the emotions, how to release any negative emotions, because it's interesting if we all acknowledge there's ne- there can be negative emotions attached to sex, but there's a lot of positive as well. Mm. So just not dwelling on the negative and actually allowing it to be and then releasing it. and focusing on the positive so if there's anything like even little memories you know for instance I'm a woman I love chocolate (laughs) love chocolate so so before you get intimate have some chocolate make yourself produce some really happy good memories yeah Mm. there's a few different types of breath work that can be done to just calm and process everything as well but it's really it's really a process of of balance sorry to use that word again no (laughs) no use it both parts of the brain and becoming comfortable with that part of the brain that has been numbed and shut out and there's a I mean it's really hard to just give you one thing that can be done because there's so many things no Um, no I love it share as much as you'd like yeah breathing and there's a few different types of breath work activities A really big thing that I like to do, and this is more on the physical component, but it has an impact because it's all about cleansing, is even to do a multi-system detox on people. Because Mm. when we're removing negative and toxic memories and emotions, we can also remove a lot of toxic physical toxins from the body. It all impacts our ability to feel balanced, clean, pure, and therefore to connect. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely easier, I think, to have connection both with ourselves and someone else when we're not, you know, lugging around a bunch of sludge, you know, physical, emotional, or mental. Right. Yeah. yeah. As it were. Yeah. And so just baby steps towards feeling good about yourself as well, you know, and knowing who you are. I think the, probably the most important thing is not to rush, not yeah. to rush into having to, for any of us who've had dependencies, when we give up whatever that dependency was, we often go rushing to people to be our dependency instead. And when you're not confident within yourself or you're not comfortable within yourself sexually and you haven't made that connection and don't know who you are, then it's really hard to connect with the other person. So it often results in a toxic relationship. Yeah, I could see a lot of disconnection. Yeah, and so then there's never that that connectivity and that intimacy and that healthy sexuality. Mm-hmm. If somebody wanted to start like a practice of self-love, self-care and like healthy self-sexuality, is there, are there any particular things you would recommend as far as like a, this kind of full 
full encom- fully encompassed practice that would hit on a couple of these things. Um, I know you've mentioned breath work and meditation. I don't know if you ever work with people doing like self-pleasure or using a mirror. I've heard that from some of the other sex experts that I've spoken with. So I'm just curious from your perspective, if there's like a guideline that you would work with people to, to have them like start a program to begin easing, easing into this. There, absolutely there is. And, and it's interesting you brought up self-pleasure and mirrors and all. That's a little bit further down the track. I go back a bit further because I really want to create that connection with self first. Mm-hmm. It will become so much easier for them to self-pleasure themselves when they have that connection. And I term it, you know, I, I don't use the term I term it making because that's what we're trying to achieve is where they're really making love with themselves. Mm. And then it becomes, you know, an intimacy in your life that you with other people when you're having sex rather than, than relying on them to give you something. So that changes the whole world with your relationships, your intimacy, your sexuality, everything. So, look, I would start with really basic stuff like when you get up in the morning, give yourself a body massage using a beautiful oil. And everyone's choice of oil is different. Some like almond oil, like coconut oil. You know, it's choose what works for you and what you have access to. But starting with feet and giving yourself a full body massage before you hop in the shower. And, and so when you do... Get to your personal parts, you know, oil around the labia, oil those labia, oil around your breasts and massage all of the, the glands there and what have you. Make it sensual, but it's mm. all about you and it's just connecting with yourself at the start of the day and then you have a shower and already you're feeling nurtured love and your skin's feeling soft. So it's a beautiful way to start the day and to just become comfortable and familiar with touching yourself. Mm-hmm. On a non-sexual level, if that makes sense, because that's where that's where I start. Is it's not it's about connection, it's about intimacy before sex. If we can get that, then that takes the sex the sex to a different level. It becomes more than just physical, mm. yeah. And that's what I'm trying to achieve with people. So, and then the other thing, I you know something really simple again that anyone can do is meditation because you can just go onto YouTube and Google meditation for just about anything and it's there. Again, it's just about creating peace and balance within yourself and connecting with yourself to start with. Yeah. So obviously, with the clients I work with, we go into a lot more detail. I give them a lot more to do, but it's hard to give just abroad to, to the sure. whole community. To, yeah. I love that. I think that's a wonderful tip that you gave, like that self-massage with a nice oil and just spending that time nurturing and caring for yourself. It's Mm -hmm. lovely. Would you recommend, I'm just thinking out loud here, would you recommend having someone do that in front of a mirror? I don't know why I keep bringing up mirrors today. (laughs) No, no, I I know why you're bringing it up because I know that's a traditional sex coaching tool. I I come from a bit of a different Mm -hmm. angle just because of my history and all that I've studied, I've combined all of that in. And because for me, sex has become such a spiritual experience that that's what I want to show people. I don't just want them being able to have sex comfortably. Mm-hmm. I want them to understand that sex is so much more than sex and can change not just your intimate relationships but all of your relationships when you make that spiritual connection. So I try to take it to the next level. And 
I guess that's where I come in a little differently. So the mirror, the mirror is not really important at all. Hmm. I was if just curious, want, like, use, the use it. If they don't, yeah. don't. It's neither here nor there. As like a body connection perspective of even like not touching genitals or anything, but just like being able to really look into, you know, a mirror and see your body mm. and as you're like doing the massage and make that eye contact with yourself. And again, maybe that's just a personal choice. I think to me that sounds that's a, a little... mental part of the brain. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to disconnect the mental part of the brain because we all run, we all function quite naturally from the mental and physical brain sexually but most people don't function from the emotional and spiritual part yeah absolutely disconnecting them from the mental part which is looking at your body and accepting it and what have you so i totally understand what you're saying where it's coming from but it's it's still keeping them it's still holding them in the mental and physical component Hmm. that makes sense that comes in later (laughs) sure yeah i agree with you i think we spend way too much time in our mental bodies a lot of the work that i do is like very somatic based of like what's happening actually in your body because there's so much disconnection there. Yeah. Um, so I think bringing, bringing that connection on board, you know, be it with sex or be it with any part of life is just hugely important. Mm-hmm. And so what you mentioned the white tigress Tantra philosophy. I'm curious if you could share more about that. That's I, I love that. that. <laughs> I, I know. And if that's a whole big topic, that's fine. We don't have to go into it, it is, I, but it I, I'm curious. Topic, but it, it's a massive topic, but I get, if, I, if you don't mind, I'll talk more just about the word Tantra. Sure, whole, yeah. Because most people have heard of the word Tantra and most people connect it to sex. sex. And some people think it's, it's these really strange sex acts or what have you. And I'm just, I really want to dispel myths because Tantra in its true form it's actually nothing to do with sex. It's about connection. It's about connection and spirituality. And as part of that, our, 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 as I said, our limbic system and our pineal glands are activated. And when they're activated, our production of hormones that drive our sex drive and our connection to ourselves, so our pure sexuality on a spiritual level, are all enhanced. And so, yes, it enhances sex, sexuality, sexual feelings, all of that. So, but it's not about sex in the physical sense. So that's that's the first component. I, as a Kundalini instructor, Kundalini and Tantra are very intertwined and we have to study a certain level of white Tantra as part of our training. So, so using the Tantra where that comes in is really just, again, about it, it gives us tools. It's different tools to connect us to ourselves, to activate all of the systems within our body, the endocrine system, the hormone system, the neurological system, so that we can activate ourselves sexually. Yeah, mm. but it's not just about sex. We can then activate ourselves in every area, fertility and optimal health and wellness in every aspect because we're activating all of us. Does that make sense? It does. It does. If, if people are interested to learn more about Tantra, is there a good place to begin? Like even just using Tantra for yourself, I don't know if you recommend any teachers or any, I know there is so much information out there sometimes, it's difficult to find what is actually good or valid or trustworthy versus, you know, somebody who doesn't really know what they're talking about. It is, it is, absolutely. So the two areas I would recommend 
because I I spent years going down the Tantra road first mm. and being really disillusioned by it, I think, because I was going to people who had a very westernised perspective on it. And it wasn't until I started studying more about Kundalini mm. that I realised there is another aspect to it. So I would recommend either actually learning about Kundalini and going to Kundalini classes or Kundalini breathwork. Kundalini is a style of yoga, but it's very, again, it, it's very holistic. It's, it's physical, but there's an awfully big component of mental and spiritual and emotional within there as well. So there's a lot of breathwork, chanting, meditation, as well as the yoga exercises. So I, I would suggest looking into Kundalini. And there are Kundalini books as well that focus more on sexuality. And then so with the White Tantra or the White Tigress, which is focused on White Tantra. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a book about the White Tigress as well. And that's all, that is focused on women's, women finding their sexuality. Oh, I love that. I knew something when you had written that name down really stood out to me. I was like, I'd like to learn more about that. So I think it's, isn't it? It is. It is. And, you know, many, many years ago when I was at, at massage school and in the mountains, there was definitely a, an element of, you know, ooh, Tantra. And I think similar to what you said, my experience with the people who were practicing it or talking about it, like really did not resonate with me at all. But I think it was very like masculine oriented and sexually focused was the kind of the experience that the whispers, I guess, that I, that I, you know, picked up around it. And I was like, nah, I don't think that's for me, but I love the, what you're talking about. And this is what I've come to learn. And I don't know a lot about Tantra, but just in my work and, and talking to other people that it is more this holistic idea of like f being fully engaged almost like within the body and within the energies of the body and within the systems of the body. That's a beautiful way to put it. It is fully engaged. It's holistic. And it's, yeah. so it's connecting our, with ourselves on every and giving us the control, showing us the tools to enhance ourselves. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful practice. It really does help with sexuality and connection. And I just can't stress enough to people, again, if we go back to people who have had, have had addiction or substance abuse, it is to connect with yourself. Mm. Really good, a great sex connection great sex life and but great intimate relationship and great relationships as a whole with family and friends as well yeah I think Once that you connect with yourself changes your life it does I agree it, it all, everything becomes easier mm. so that's why it. I don't you know whilst I'm a sex coach I don't focus on the purely the sexuality of it or purely mm -hmm. the sex component shall we say that comes later that, come, that will come naturally once they connect with themselves anyway what would you give if you, I don't know if you have any advice or if you've run into this where if you do have two partners and they, and like maybe one person is really in onto this journey of like, I want to connect with myself and the other person is like, well, I don't know, what are we doing? And I don't know. This is a hypothetical, but I'm just curious, like if there is that, I assume, mm -hmm. and I would imagine that there's a lot of benefit, even if it's just like one person who's really, I mean, certainly for that person, but I would guess for the intimacy within the relationship as well. I'm curious what your experience has been with that. It happens quite a bit. <laughs> I would, yeah, I think it must. Yeah. <laughs> it does happen quite a bit. Look, 
There's different approaches and it really depends on the individual. And in that scenario, I would speak with the person who's keen and find out what type of person we're dealing with in the other partner. Having said that, yes, you mentioned it, there's definitely benefit even from one person doing it because they're gaining the connection with themselves. They're increasing the intimacy within themselves and all the people around them. And they're going to introduce the tools they learn in the bedroom anyways. So they're going to feed it to their partner. Yeah. So they're definitely still going to get the benefit. My bigger concern is usually around if this person isn't keen to come and do this with you, where does your relationship sit and where is, is there a future in it? If we enhance the intimacy, will that resolve the issues or is there something else underlying? And that's not my, you know, that's not what I do right. with. <laughs> but right. I do need to bring that to their attention that, you know, you coming here on your own, it's going to have a lot of benefit to you, but I don't know if it will for your relationship or not. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, because I can see that. Their lack of willingness to work can is always just a sexual thing. Yeah, I think willingness is is always the key for any change, partnership, relationship, individual relationship. If that willingness isn't there, it becomes difficult. But I love this though because I think there is the potential for that to shift the relationship, and then maybe the willingness starts to open up when there's because I imagine there's you know. There, there is, I think, fear around intimacy or even when you think about like couples and relationships, I think there can be fear or hesitation around actually identifying like, oh, maybe we would like to work on this. I think there's, there's kind of this misconception about, about sex and I would imagine more for men. Well, I don't know about that, maybe. Or it's like, oh, if I'm not, you know, wanting to have sex all the time, that there's something wrong. And so I think there can be this component of like shame that shows up around it and maybe shame with trying to like ask for someone such as yourself to offer some of these other tools with self-connection. And, and I think that will all, you know, probably come back to how are you relating to yourself and connecting with yourself if there's shame around things like that. You just, you've, just, you've just opened up another topic for a whole nother podcast. <laughs> <I know. laughs> I know, I told you. <laughs> what I will answer there is that, yes, the connection. So I can't help, I don't help couples. I'm not a relationship expert. That's not what right. I do. I'm a sure. sexual health expert. I will help you to connect with yourself and thus with other people on an intimate level. How that's going to impact your relationship is entirely up to you, but it's only ever positive for you. As an individual, yeah, yeah? I can't, I, I don't work on relationships and never make that promise. But obviously, yes, it's going to have, in most cases, some positive benefit because it's improving the intimacy within it with yourself and with your partner and with all of those around you. As for your other comment about men feeling shame and, and you know, the, the desire of how often you should have sex and all. Well, like I said, that's, that's a whole other topic. It is. We probably don't have time to really go there. And, but it's, it's an interesting topic. There's, yeah, there's so many areas to cover. It is. Yeah. This is, this is a big topic in general. But before we wrap up, I would love to hear you share a little bit about the full body orgasms, particularly for women's, my audience is primarily women. And I know there's a hormonal component. But if you could just talk a little bit more about like what happens when, mm-hmm. when we're having a full body orgasm and if there's ways or, or any exercises that people are able to do to help 
you know, make that more of a regular occurrence or practice? Yeah. Okay, so I'll start with exercises and then I'll go into the explanation of what with your with your full body orgasm one of the best ways to connect your energy so it's all it's all about the energies and how they're moving through your body yes it has definitely has a hormonal component of course but the way to create a body orgasm is to to connect with your energies so and we work long in we specific like in china and specific energy pathways so one of Best exercises to practice for intimacy and for full body orgasm is breathing with your partner. You start breathing, bringing your, your faces close together. You can be kissing. You can do while kissing or just while staring eyes and being intimate. And then when you've got that connection from breathing together, then you alternate. So as one person breathes out, the other breathes in, so you're breathing in their energy. And as you do this, and again, you can continue kissing or you can just be lying next to them. As they breathe into you, you imagine yourself sucking in all of their energy. So really breathe in that energy and imagine it going deep down into your body. And then as you breathe out, Imagine yourself passing your energy over to them and they're sucking your energy in and, and really embracing that energy within them. And so you keep alternating, moving your energies back and forth between each other as you're getting intimate. And it's a beautiful thing to involve, you know, to be doing while you're kissing as well. There's no time frame on this. Just play with it. Play with it and start to really connect through that. It's a beautiful, simple exercise. And it really just takes you to a different level because you're starting to to really absorb each other's energy and to That's flow with each other. Lovely. And just that connection, I think, to even coordinate breath with the partner oh, like that is beautiful. so special. So the full body orgasm, what is that? That is something that doesn't just entail your sexual organs. Yeah. So your whole body, you know, I love the term mind-blowing sex, right? Huh. Because I... I've had the experience where my head literally, I swear my head has opened up mm. because it wasn't big enough to fit what was going on in it. it that's literally mind-blowing, right? <laughs> it's a full-body orgasm is where you don't need to touch your sexual organs. Your whole body is alive and awake energetically and emotionally and you are connected with that. That pineal gland is so activated. And when you become really in tune, you'll feel it's like this big ball suddenly occurs in your forehead. You feel it enlarge and it activates all of your neurotransmitters and your hormones. And some people see with different lights and colours mm. and shapes. There's all sorts of different experiences. So it's really happening in the mind now as well. The whole body becomes alive and that orgasm occurs from here to your sex organs. That whole body is experiencing beautiful connection and beautiful um, feeling, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And it can be done and touching. Amazing. So that's what I teach people to do effectively. And it takes time and it takes practice, but the whole journey is a pleasure. So yeah, it sounds like. (laughs) (laughs) And it helps you to connect with yourself. Then you become so who you are so again why wouldn't you do it exactly 
I love that. I love your approach, Brooke. I think, you know, I really love how many times you just come back to, it's really about this self-connection and establishing mm-hmm. that first. And then from there, all things can kind of grow and flourish and, and we can move forward, you know, in our sexual relationships and all of our relationships, but especially the one we have with ourselves. It's beautiful. So you use the word flourish. I love that because my business name is Flourish. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I didn't, I think I knew that somewhere in my brain. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. If you have any uh, projects that you'd like to talk about or let people know where they can find you. I, I know you don't do a lot online right now, but anything you'd like for people to know, please feel free to, to tell us. I'll be honest, I'm only just creating an online presence. I've, I've been very fortunate in this life and in this world to have an amazing following and I haven't needed an online presence. And when I started investigating it, I'm going to cry now because when I started investigating it, I have been so saddened by the number of people out there who are suffering unnecessarily. Yeah. And it it makes me so sad and so mad. And so now I am so driven to have this online presence. But I work with people. I don't work with technology. So I'm struggling with that. But we'll get there. So, So please... Please, I want you to follow me. I want you to, to look me up. Flourish on Facebook. That's all I've got going at the minute. Flourish Natural Fertility and Sexual Health Coaching. But on Facebook, you'll just find it under Flourish. And yeah, share it with people and like me and join in our lives and podcasts because it's just such important work for us as a species, I think. Agreed. You know, for where our human race is headed and going for us all to reconnect with ourselves. Yeah, I think it's so desperately needed. Mm. And I love talking to, you know, other practitioners that are, you know, I have a similar mission, I suppose, which is bringing people into their bodies and and having that true sense of connection. And it's really wonderful to speak with other people who are on like the similar path or, but, but going about it so differently, but it's also beautiful and so effective and so very much needed. So Yeah, I love that. I love the work that you're doing. And thank you so much for coming on. I'll definitely put the link to your Facebook in the in the show notes. And it's great because now you can have supporters from the podcast who will keep an eye out as your social social media, I guess, an online presence continues to grow and you help many more people around the world. I'm I'm sure you will. Yeah, yeah. And and you know, I'll I'll stay in touch with your people and we'll I'll let them know as the programs grow and what have you. And it's, it's, it's exciting times. It's going to be fun. Yeah, Thank you is. so much for having me. You're welcome. Thanks so much for being here. Yeah. Have a beautiful day. You too.